When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Deep, deep cuts. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Deep Cuts Lost and Found. This is round number 15. We are looking at live songs, our favorite live recordings from some of our favorite overlooked, underappreciated, and just absolutely magnificent artists. I'm here with my best friends from Needham High School. We all graduated back in 1987. We've been sharing music for the many years since then. I'm here with Bill Federko, Derek Brain, Richard Ayer, Chris Nashawadi. I'm Thomas Golovich. Welcome to the show. first time that you are with us. Uh, we are a bunch of best friends who uh, have been trading music for a long time and uh, we usually do years. So we started out in 1977. We've been doing different years getting into the 1980s. We are now doing a themed show and the theme show tonight is live shows. Because of the pandemic, a lot of our favorite artists have been taking time off from doing live shows. We miss live shows. We've seen a lot of live shows together. Um, let's talk a little bit about like what live shows mean to us. Cause again, I don't think any of us have been to a while. Billy, you brought up the whole idea of like, what is your first concert? Yeah, no, I, I thought we'd go around the horn first and last show. D nice. First show. First show was the kinks at the Worcester Centrum. Nice. Amazing show. I loved it. Uh, Ray Davies wore a big, bright yellow suit. I can kind of see that seared into my head. Is this the Give the People What They Want tour? Possibly. I think that sounds about right. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, I just remember really being really kind of blown away, not just by the show itself, but just by the space of the venue, too. Like, I think I'd never been to a place like that before, too. Right. And just everything just felt completely overwhelming um, and huge. And uh, But the kinks were amazing. I love them. And they'd kind of, you know, been hearing their music all throughout my childhood. So a lot of the songs they played, you know, were kind of just already a big part of my consciousness. Was your brother a fan? Yeah, I think somewhat. Um, was he playing One for the Road? I remember that was a huge record in the late 70s. Yeah, that was definitely a big record. And then uh, I don't know who I went to that with, to be honest. It might have been Scott Finney, possibly. Skinch. Is that a shout out to Finch? It's, it's a Finch shout out. I mean, I definitely went to like a, <laughs> uh, who's the guy, that the Needamite uh, guy who got his, whose career got sunk because he made a really cheesy video. Uh, Billy Squire. Ah, uh, yes. Rock me tonight. A fellow high schooler of ours was very much a big Billy Squire fan. And I think the last show I went to, I'm not 100% sure, but- Possibly could have could have been acoustic super chunk at the Somerville Theater. Acoustic um, super chunk. That might have been the last show that I saw before. Nice. Uh, the shit at the fan. <laughs> Rich Air, first and last. Rob Stewart, soccer balls and all <laughs> in Providence, Rhode Island. Is that the camouflage tour? It was the I think the 
Pink LeMay, <laughs> Leotard. That could be any of his tours. Scotch Platt, I hope. It was such a mind-blowing experience for my first show. Yeah, it was great. Juggling soccer balls, kicking them into the crowd. Of course. And last show was Idols. Great show. Same band. Not the Idols. Not to be confused with the Idols. It's <laughs> Idols. Yeah, in San Diego. Great show. And your next show is going to be? Idols. There you go. Ah, closing the loop. Full circle. You have to pick up where I left off. In Pioneer Town, California, out in the desert, should be fun. Sweet. As long as it doesn't get coveted. So. <laughs> yeah. Is that the new verb? Coveted? Vigorously knocking on wood. Yes. <laughs> I just had a show coveted was scheduled for tomorrow night. Got canceled. Sucks. Due to sickness. No, no more details <laughs> on that particular Guided by Voices show, but <laughs> when you hear due to sickness, you can you only take a leap. Yeah, right. Odds are. Of what that right. this sickness might be. Yep. Although that was a vaccine-only show. You had to show your vaccine card to get in. Right. Tomas, first and last. First show was uh, Roger Waters at the Worcester Centrum uh, with uh, Eric Clapton uh, guest performing. It was from the Pros and Cons of Hitchhiking Tour. Yes. The last show was at the Bootleg Theater, a theater which very sadly is closed here in Los Angeles. Mm. Uh, Moses Sumney, who had a little residency there. And, and brought out uh, Chloe and Hallie and a bunch of other friends. And it was just a really lovely, enjoyable, family kind of a show. And Moses Sumney is kind of a really exciting and, and warm artist. So nice way to exit out the time period before the COVID break. Very nice. Mr. Nashawati. First concert, ACDC on the For Those About to Rock tour at the Boston Garden. Nice. Nice. A boom. And I bet you were about to rock. Oh, yeah, I was. I was in <laughs> seventh or eighth grade and uh, couldn't hear for a couple of days afterwards. <laughs> and I, I really tried to put that T-shirt, my first tour shirt, in the gentle cycle as much as I as, <laughs> as infrequently as possible because I was so proud of it. They shrank up. Oh, they sure did. Did they have literal cannons on stage? Or wasn't the cover of that record were cannons? Yes, they did for the 21 Gun Salute. Yes, they actually they had cannons on stage? <laughs> yes, they did. Yes. Of course, Derek. Oh, wow. Come on. Of course they did. <laughs> Freaking ACDC. Oh, God. Couldn't hear for days. <laughs> it was a tremendous show. Sadly, my most recent show does not quite uh, measure up. <laughs> Uh, the Wiggles? Um, to the balls out rock of ACDC. It was Michael McDonald playing in Westport, oh. Connecticut. I'm guessing no cannons in that show. No cannons in that show. And right. I'm pretty sure mid-show he ran over to record some backup vocals on a Doobie <laughs> Brothers record and came back. But um, no, he, he, was, he was great, actually. He was really, really terrific. And uh, it was definitely an evening of uh, some fine yacht rock. A lot of lame. <laughs> <laughs> All right. A lot of rosé consumed that evening. Yeah, ro rosé and beach blankets. <laughs> Rich, you get yours in there? Oh, it's me. I'm sorry, Billy. Yeah, yeah. All right, The Police. I went with Nash and his brother Keith. Yes. We saw The Police. Great show. Yes, the um, Synchronicity Tour in Foxborough, The Fix, and uh, A Flock of Seagulls opened up. Martha Quinn was there. Oh, my they God. played videos the whole time. It was just phenomenal. This is 1983. It's a full-day event. Oh, I absolutely loved it. The police were my favorite band and uh, it blew me away. So I, I had, I think, one of the best first concerts, at least for me. Uh, my last concert was Destroyer at the Sinclair in Cambridge, uh, right in March, right right before everything shut down, about a week before everything shut down. Um, 
So hoping to get back out there, but uh, yeah, definitely miss it. Yeah, I saw my last show the day before I took a flight to visit you guys all out in mm-hmm. Stowe, which was right before everything shut down. So it was right up against the, the last window. Yes. One of the things I love about doing the live show is I feel like some of my favorite moments were with you guys seeing live shows because we would talk about music. We would shop for records. We would compare notes. We would chatter at like, mm-hmm. you know, the, the lunch tables and all that stuff in high school. But when we would see a show, it was like we didn't know what was going to happen. We know it was going to be a great show or a terrible show. I think, Chris, you and I went to see New Order, and there was a riot at the Orpheum Theater, if I remember. Me, Derek was there, too. I forgot who else was there. What, it wasn't the Orpheum. It was the... Um, the Wang? Opera House. Opera House, yes, oh, exactly. Was it? And, uh, yeah, they played for 20 minutes, and then they left, and then everyone went completely bonkers. People were ripping up chairs. Yeah. yeah. And these memories are, like, really powerful and part of the bonds of us, because they were, like, adventures that we could take on, and we didn't know what the end of the adventure would be. So, with that... It, at the end, mind. Let's uh, turn to uh, uh, Billy. Why don't you open us up tonight as far as the, the first? All right. Well, I'll start right with, um, well, I'd like to start with the police, but uh, I listened to the WBCN simulcast. Uh, WBCN was a local radio station that we all listened to. Uh, in 1979, the police played at the Orpheum Theater in Boston, and they recorded the show, and that's available. You can listen to the whole thing, and I did this week, and it's phenomenal. And I would love to play Can't Stand Losing You, although it's not really a deep cut. Uh, they include Regatta de Blanc in the middle of it. Uh, it's just a great live rendition. You really hear how great a band they were all together. Uh, but the song is like seven-something minutes, so too long for the podcast. So I'm going to go in a different direction. I'm going to go with Sting Solo from 1981, The Secret Policeman's Other Ball, where he performed alone during this Amnesty International Benefit concert. And he plays guitar, like I said, solo, without the band. He's a bassist, obviously. Everyone, I think, knows that. But he played guitar, and he played it with a finger-picking style. And um, it's a really vulnerable version of the song, and I think it conveys the message of the song very well. Um, At the time, rock stars really weren't performing solo versions like this. This was sort of a new thing. I think Pete Townsend started it with, uh, he did Pinball Wizard, Phil Collins performed that night as well. It used to be on vinyl, but you can't find The Secret Policeman's Other Ball anymore. Um, Stink performed Message in a Bottle and Roxanne. This is Message in a Bottle, and Tommy, I think you have it, so let's cue it up. Here it is, Deep Cuts. Just a Oh, yeah. 
dinosaurs to the world. I hope that someone gets my. I hope that someone gets my. I hope that someone gets my message in a bottle. such a vulnerable version it really makes you look at the song very differently absolutely um and sting's tenor is phenomenal at this point in his career uh this is this is early this is 81 so uh early in their career but he'd written this song be- even before the police so um i think it had been a solo song originally and uh, yeah i really feel like this conveys the message uh even more powerfully than the the song on regatta de blanc which which is an amazing version incredible rock song but i really like this take on it yeah it's really lovely yeah i love that version but i do not love the version of the dead parrot sketch (laughs) from this particular show derek is pointing out that john cleese and monty python were behind the secret policeman's other ball and they did a bunch of sketches so thank you basil exposition it doesn't work uh the dead parrot sketch does not just falls (laughs) flat in my opinion but tune in for Sting if you can find it on YouTube. Exactly. Tune in for Sting, but skip the parrot sketch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm so glad you got that in there. Um, <laughs> um, I'm going to go with uh, a little bit of a sentimental choice. So um, I'm going to play a song for my mom. Nice. So my mom is a single mom, and uh, you know my parents got divorced when I was 10, and she went through a string of different boyfriends. They lasted about three years each, and. Um, then at one point there was a, a boyfriend who she really loved and I think she really wanted to have it work and he had some problems with alcohol and other things, stuff that she wasn't really prepared to be able to handle. And, you know, he didn't make it past the three-year window, but she was very deeply in love in that time period. And one of the things that she expressed her love with was her introduction and her love of jazz. And he really was the catalyst for that exploration. And me being in the house and being a little kid and wanting my mom to be happy, this record has associations that are really powerful to me and really feel kind of remind me of a very happy time in my childhood. The artist is Errol Garner. He's a fantastic pianist. The song is They Can't Take That Away From Me. Hopefully you'll enjoy it. It's Deep Cuts, Lost and Found, Round 15, the live show. Thank you. 
There's so much I love about this record. So it is called Concert by the Sea. It was uh, recorded by an Armed Forces Radio Network engineer. He happened to be at a recording that was in Carmel by the Sea in uh, Northern California in a uh, assembly hall, recorded it. And it was essentially the, the audience you hear in the background are all servicemen who basically took a break from their service and went to see a jazz concert. I love how Errol Garner plays. I love how the band just follows his emotion. I love, you know, he groans and grunts throughout, which is so honest and compelling and beautiful. As a kid, hearing, you know, jazz playing in our house at a time that my mom was really happy was just wonderful. And this record just brings me right back. That's nice. That's a nice story. That's great. I mean, it's Gershwin. It's George and Ira Gershwin. It's familiar melody. You know, everybody from Fred Astaire to Billie Holiday, Bing Crosby, Ella Fitzgerald have all, you know, done versions of this song. But I don't know, something about this version is kind of particularly pretty. I don't know, I like it. Can't take that away from you. And the, the song from this album that people know or may know is Teach Me Tonight, which has been used in a few films before. But this song for me just has a certain amount of soul and, and emotion to it, which I just love. And, and again, live. what's great about live music is that you capture a moment. You capture the reality of the feelings, the expression, and the associations that come with it. So to me, it's just a really beautiful thing. Stay tuned for Deep Cuts Jazz. Yeah. <laughs> Derek, where do you want to take us? So I wanted to choose a song from a live record that I did listen to a lot. And this is definitely one of those records I love the band Luna, and they put out a record in 2000 called Luna Live, and I listen to it a lot. They're a really great live band, and I, I love I love seeing them live. Um, this is a particular song called 23 Minutes in Brussels, and you know one of the fun things about this podcast is you do a little digging into this stuff and you find out interesting things. Um, I figured that it had to be a little something to that title. Um, I read Dean Wareham's autobiography, and they did not like playing in Belgium, for sure. But I also found out that there is a famous recording uh, called 20, 23 Minutes Over Brussels, which is a recording of the band Suicide playing in Brussels. And it's the recording of an opening set that just goes to hell. <laughs> the band Suicide were one of the first bands in the late 70s to call themselves punk. They were super ahead of the time and possibly not of any time. Um, you know, it was two guys, uh, Alan Vega on vocals and Martin Rev playing a Farfisa organ going through some effects, um, you know, electro-punk before that was even something that existed. And they were sort of famously confrontational and, you know, very intimidating presence uh, despite just being two guys and almost playing synthesizer music before that existed. Um, and they opened for um, Elvis Costello in Brussels. And before they even got on stage, the crowd was booing and uh, wanting Elvis to come next. And it's just a 23-minute recording of the disintegration of this opening set and the band trying to fight back. Uh, at some point, somebody in the crowd stole the microphone and the promoter had to come out and threatened to shut down the show and it just uh, it's a mess it just sounds like insane wonderful wonderful insanity um by the band suicide 
Um, so that's definitely what the title of the song is referencing. The uh, Luna and Suicide's shared uh, contempt for the city of Brussels. Uh, this is uh, 23 Minutes in Brussels by the band Luna from their record Luna Live. It's Deep Cuts. seen Luna live, but I would imagine they must be like nine hour concerts of just endless, beautiful noodling. It's definitely beautiful noodling, but it's certainly not nine hours. Right. They're old enough that they're more than happy to get everyone home <laughs> <laughs> you know, at a reasonable hour. Right. So it's all about making sure the babysitters get home on time. Shut <laughs> <Yeah>. up. <laughs> but no, I, I love them. They're one of those bands. If they come to town, I go uh, because I, I love them. They're great. They're so great. 
Absolutely great. That was terrific. Do, do you share their hatred of Brussels? I didn't know this was an anti-Brussels show tonight. I frankly don't have an opinion either way. I've uh, never been, so, but, you know, I'll defer to uh, Luna and Suicide. I'll gladly watch In Bruges over and over again. Oh, sure. That's a great show. Mm. Great movie. All right, Rich, where you want to take us? Uh, thinking about this assignment, um, I was more thinking about the live shows. Don't think of it as an assignment. <laughs> it, it's an assignment. For me, it, it's very difficult. Anything that's been re- hanging over his head all week. <laughs> anything that involves using my memory, it becomes an assignment. <laughs> I have to release those cells, my memory cells. Um, and I was just thinking about bands that I really enjoyed listening to, not necessarily the great live albums that are out there, but... Um, the Pixies are one of those bands. Um, that's going to be the song I'm going to pick. Uh, this is a very up-tempo song. I think it showcases the full arsenal and range of Black Francis's vocal stylings. Uh, he's yelping, barking, screaming, speaking a bit in Spanish. It sounds like he's speaking in tongues some of the time with, you know, Cool as Ice, uh, Kim Deal slamming away on the bass. And uh, the Pixies... One of the best shows I've seen. This, I discovered, I just found this release this year. Uh, This is from the Warfield in San Francisco in 2005. Uh, And I just discovered it. So I've listened through a couple times, about an hour worth of great live Pixies tracks. And uh, the song I picked is only about a minute and a half, Tom. So be ready. This is Crackety Jones about Black Francis's crazy roommate he had in Puerto Rico while he was going to school in UMass. I think he did a six-month stint. It might have been cut short. And then right after he got back from this trip, he formed Pixies. So this is uh, Crackety Jones by Pixies. Deep cuts. Jose Jones told me alone his story. He got friends uh, like Paco Pico La muñeca He was season in done (laughs) man that's fast i think that song like encapsulates in whatever it was two minutes everything that makes the pixies great you know what i mean it's just it's really 
the energy, like the thrashing, the bad Spanish, the bad Spanish, <laughs> Black Francis's just a sort of like weirdness, <laughs> loco in the cabeza sort of delivery. Um, it's great. That's why when you hear Kim Deal come in on her vocals, it's just such a respite from right. him. They work. They're just yin and yang. It works so well together. I wish. They could have worked longer together, I think. I know. Mr. and Mrs. Charles Thompson. They couldn't last. Sadly. All right, Chris, where do you want to take us? All right. So I have decided to go with the band that was my favorite, uh, responsible for my favorite live show in all of high school, and that is Echo and the Bunnymen. Um, Really, just I have such vivid memories that I can recall. At the Wang Center. At the Wang Center of... Green fog and green tinted lights, like on a dark stage. And he walks out, and you can just see his spiky hair and silhouette. <laughs> and he's got like a smoke in one hand and a Heineken bottle in the other. And then, like, they just kick in to do it clean. And it might not have been the first song, but I just know that that was a highlight of that concert. Mm -hmm. And it's one of my favorite songs. And they do it really well live because he tends to go like full Jim Morrison in the middle of the song (laughs) and do like these interludes where he just like breaks into another song um, and and almost like scats in a jazzy way. And I love it. I'm a sucker for it. Some people might not be into it, but I am fully on board with it. So anyway, this is from... um, It's all live, 83 album, and it's Do It Clean. Yes.
Jim Morrison on this thing, like Indians scattered on Don's highway bleeding. <laughs> totally. He's the lizard king there for about two minutes in the middle of that song. That's great. Um, I can't say enough about just how great Will Sargent is in that song and in general. And um, I just love this band I more and more with every passing year. And I, I loved him pretty pretty big from the beginning. So Yeah, I mean I think I don't know where it was. Was it was it the Wang Center maybe where we yeah. saw yeah, them? It was, yeah. And, you know, just the smoke machines and they had these kind of these lights with these kind of ribbons or something coming out of them. But it was just, you know, for a, a high school kid, it just was so unbelievably cool. Yeah, it was the songs to learn and sing tour. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, terrific. Ah, yeah. So great. So good. Very, very good. Well, that's the first round, gentlemen. So let's uh, move on to the second set of picks for our live show. Uh, Billy, where do you want to take us? Sweet. Well, I'm debating whether to piss off Derek. Um, <laughs> yes. When in doubt, do it. <laughs> you just try. Yeah. I was tempted to play a U2 song, but they're all so well known. I mean, U2 is one of my favorite live bands. Um I remember watching Live Aid and the version of Bad just blew me away. But um, so I'm going to do the next best thing and play a song that has a U2 sample. Oh, Interesting. Wow. You have my attention. And I won't say what it is. You'll have to just figure it out for yourself. Derek's going to say this isn't really live, but it is a live recording. This is DJ Shadow live in tune and on time. Uh, DJ Shadow is a uh, hip hop producer. Tom will appreciate this. Tom will consider this a, a genuine live track, even if Derek objects. Um, so he mixed this live. He's doing it on stage. It includes a U2 song, and everyone's going to figure it out once you hear it. It also includes a Fleetwood Mac riff. Kudos to those who can guess what that is. And then it has a bunch of other samples that I have no idea where they're from. But anyways, it's DJ Shadow, the song Lost and Found, which is perfect for this show. How apropos. Tom, hit it.
so glad by the way that you pulled this out because thank you thomas when i was searching through i put a bunch of like you know little search things and one of them was live and right. fabric live kept on showing up and fabric live is a series of sort of dj oriented sessions and it reminded me of how amazing it is to see certain artists perform this stuff live because it's very technically tricky to do right and some people do it with like they literally press a, a space bar and it just runs yeah and other <laughs> folks really do it live in a big serious way and i feel like dj shadow is one of those guys who like will do it without a net he'll he'll go out and he'll find a way to make the whole thing work and it's just kind of an exciting part of you know modern dj culture you know but is this lot you know oh boy here it comes here here it comes. Unless I'm looking over his shoulder and seeing what he's doing, you know. Unless you're seeing his wrist and his fingers wiggling. What's I mean, how do I know he's not up there just uh, pressing a single button and pretending to do other things? I, you know. Oh, he's cutting and layering and moving his hands, Derek. Believe me. And I just have to trust that? You have to trust that. It's a leap of faith that that is a lie. I have to take that leap of faith. I don't know what Luna was doing in Brussels, for Christ's sake. <laughs> well, I could literally see what they were doing. They were playing guitars and drums. Yeah, they could have been doing a Milli Vanilli thing. You don't know. <laughs> exactly. Well, then check out the DVD, because it shows Josh Davis, who is DJ Shadow, performing. Um, and he really is moving his hands and fingers. Um, he also has 60,000 records in his personal collection, if that doesn't make us all green with envy. Mm, um, it does. 60,000. Well, I'll tell you what, Bill, I'll, I'll allow it. <laughs> well, thank you, counselor. But I don't know that I'll be voting for it at the end of the show. Oh, <laughs> I, got, I got one vote. I got Tommy, maybe. All right. You may have one vote. Uh, you're probably not going to vote for this one either. Um, <laughs> this one I'm sending out to my dad. So I just happened to bump into a bunch of live songs that spoke to my family. So so when I was a kid, you know, my dad is from former Yugoslavia. He's from a country called Croatia. And he and my mom, my mom's from Germany. They both immigrated in the 60s. They kind of started over in the United States and they got divorced, as I mentioned earlier. And they went off in their different adventures. One of the great experiences with my dad was my dad trying to introduce me to the culture of Croatia, the culture of Yugoslavia, the Balkans. And um, one of the ways he did that was through film. And film is obviously a huge part of my life. And he took me to a film called When Father Was Away on Business, which is a film by Emir Kusturica. That introduced me to the work of an artist named Goran Bregovic. And I'm going to play for you a song of Goran Bregovic, who basically plays gypsy music, gypsy music from the Balkans. And in this case, it's a live recording back in 2016 in Rome. I hope you dig it. It's my pick for uh, the live show. It is round 15 of uh, Deep Cuts. Goran Bregovic and Bella Ciao. Una mattina Svegliato, oh bella ciao, bella ciao, bella ciao, 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 una mattina mi sono svegliato e ho trovato il mazzo, oh partigiano. Ciao, bella, ciao, 
just seems like such a fun, wow. <laughs> crazy place to be. Was this before or after he won Wimbledon? <laughs> <laughs> wow. This is Goran Ivanisevic, right? I feel like I have a stranger's arms around my shoulders and I'm at a wedding. Yes, totally. <laughs> exactly right. It's just so festive and so wonderful. And Holy the film, uh, When Father Was Away on Business, is a sort of a euphemism for what happened a lot in former Yugoslavia, where people would say things that were politically incorrect, and then somebody would put them in jail, and they would disappear in political jail for a while. So it was like, Father Was Away on Business. My dad was always traveling when I was a kid, so he was always away on business. So somehow that movie really hit me. And this was just a great introduction to the world of the music of the Balkans. So Goran Bregovic, Bella Ciao, uh, live in Rome, 2000. 2016 is my little pick there. Wow. Derek, we're going to turn it to you. Where do you want to take us? Uh, so I'm going to take us to the band Pavement. Yay. Um, All right. A show in the EU, in Brussels or somewhere else? Uh, actually, I'm not sure where this show particularly was. I think it was probably overseas. So, I mean, one of the great things is that, um, you know, when you buy uh, reissues of certain records, uh, you know, like bands like The Replacements or Pavement, they have a bunch of alternative demos and live tracks. And this is from the um, the 2002 reissue of Slanted and Enchanted, the Lux and Redux issue of that record. And I don't know, I was just listening to it and thinking about Pavement. And I just kind of realized that Pavement is kind of the band of contradictions that work. You know, they're this prototypical Gen X slacker band, but you don't get to be the band they are by being lazy. And they were chaotic, but they were also really pretty. They were intellectual, but they were also kind of dopey. You know, their music was really intense, but it was also sloppy. Um, I don't know. I just love the contradictions of Pavement. And I think this is possibly the first song that I ever heard from them. Um, 
it's just a real kind of captures the excitement of this band that you know really hadn't I hadn't heard anything that sounded like this to me before, um, and this is kind of a really great snapshot of them. But this is the song "Summer Babe" from the Slanted and Enchanted uh, record. This is a live version of "Summer Babe." It's deep cuts. God, I love that band so much. Nice pick. You know where I first heard this band? I know that I first heard this band from a tape that you made for me. Yeah, I think we were both in Virginia at the time Yeah, when I shared that with you. I first heard it at the Nuggets that was behind like your dad's stationery store in Coolidge Corner. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah, in Coolidge Corner. Yep, 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 yep. Mm. I was in there and they're playing something. I'm like, is that the fall? What, what, what is this? And I, I just asked the guy behind the camera, like, what the hell is this? Yeah, right. And he told me and the rest is history. Yeah, yeah. amazing. Yeah, 
It's such a good record. Good stuff. Yeah, nice pick. So great. Rich, where do you want to go? Uh, so my Pixies pick, a live show in San Francisco reminded me of the years I lived in the Bay Area, a couple of years, two and a half years, roughly. Saw some great shows while I was there, including Love Battery, the band that I'm about to pick, and Smashing Pumpkins, and even a couple of Dead shows, um, which every Dead show I've been to, I can safely say, I ended up taking care of someone having a bad trip. <laughs> but, Were you selling peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? <laughs> Smells like patchouli in here all of a sudden. <laughs> Giving away a miracle. Um, so Love Battery, yeah. One of the funnest shows I've ever been to. Musically, I can't tell you why I like them so much, but they're such a fun live band. And I dug around looking for, on the internets, for some live love battery. It's pretty hard to come by, but a sweet soul shared three tracks on uh, YouTube, which I've used. And the first song is Cool School. Uh, full disclosure, this is a very rough track. It is recorded at the Crocodile Cafe in Seattle in 1992, a day before my 23rd birthday. Um, it is Crocodile. Uh, it's a historic place. So many bands, great bands have gone through there. Um, my first date with my lovely wife was at the Crocodile Cafe where we saw sure. G-Love with Special Sauce. Nice. So there's this sentimental connection to this band and to these memories, and this show is bringing all these sentimentalities out. I think it's... Would you say the band is like a love battery between you and your wife? <laughs> There's a bit of a charge that I get from love battery. Can we please edit that out? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was horrible. Without further ado, it's... How many drinks in are you right now? Not enough. Go ahead. Not enough for that joke. Um, so, yeah, this goes on a little while. We might want to fade out. It's about a five-minute version. Uh, there's a lot of screaming and yelling by the audience, but uh, it's a great atmosphere, and I uh, hope everybody enjoys it as well, as much as I do. This is Cool School by Love Battery. It's Deep Cuts.
how badly injured would you get at seeing this show if you were to go see Love Battery? You saw them live. So how rough and tumble was the, the mosh pit? I saw them a few times and just minor bruises. I didn't get right into the middle of the mosh pit. I sort of stayed on the uh, <laughs> the fringes where the, the escape hatches where you knew you could get out. <laughs> He's no worse for the wear. These were mosh pits when before the frat boys showed up. You know, this is when moshing was still... There was some it was civil. Just you and your buddies just bumping into each other. You know, it wasn't violent. It was just fun. It was civil. But there was... <laughs> There's always one or two guys that were looking to hurt people and you just kind of stayed away from them. That's a question I have for everybody here. Like, is there a show that you remember being so wildly out of control that you actually felt like, I don't know if I can keep up with this. Like, this might be too much. Hmm. Does anybody have any? Yeah, I was at a Pantera show once. At <laughs> what? Yeah. Is this thing um, recording? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Somebody write that down. What, what minute are we at? <laughs> Pantera. And the friend I was with went into the mosh pit. Never seen again. He, he came out like 15 minutes later. And it, you know how you usually have to wait a day to get a black guy? His eye was already black. <laughs> Um, so yeah, but he seemed happy about it. Um, I'm sure like, you know, whoever was sweeping up the floor after that show found a few <laughs> chiclet teeth on the ground. I think I, I remember going to see Foo Fighters, mm -hmm. you know, on Newbury Street, you know, right when the first record came out before anybody knew that Foo Fighters were Foo Fighters. Right. And, um, you know, with like this younger kid that I worked with just wading our way into a pit and immediately blowing out my knee and feeling like the oldest guy I was like, I gotta get out of here. I was like, I think I hurt myself. You know, it was just like, I'm cramping up. Just slapped down as like an old dude immediately. I was like, oh, I threw it, threw it out. I'm going to need a minute. I'm going to need a minute. I want to go to the edges. I saw Ministry yeah. on the A Mind is a Terrible Thing to Taste tour. Ah, yes. So what? Yeah. And I was, I went way up front. I was like, all right, I, I want to see this front end, man. I backtracked the entire show. <laughs> the whole price. show was me trying to work my way back to safety. It was really, really rough. If you guys need me, I'll be back here. I'm right behind you. You went backwards all the way home. The whole way. Oh, uh, wow. Was Fugazi a little rough? I can't remember too much, but. Um, I mean, they could be, yeah. but they also made an effort to like. Keep under control. Calm everybody down at certain points. And we're kind of pissed off when people yeah. got too violent or, right. you know, women couldn't be in the pit and stuff. They didn't Limp biscuit their way through the show? <laughs> no. Nash, were you at Limp biscuit? Yeah. <laughs> no, I was not. Just Pantera. <laughs> Just Pantera. <laughs> Chris, you get to close out the show, so how would you like to close out our live show? Okay, so this is a live song from Pantera. <laughs> <laughs> Great segue. Pretty much the opposite of Pantera. This is... um. Uh, my favorite Erica Badu song, Tyrone. This recording is from her live album from 1997. And um, those concerts can be rough. They can be rough. Well, actually, actually, hear me out. Actually, this, yeah. hear <laughs> me on. out. So, all right, all right. What I love about live music in general, uh, or the my favorite live songs, is a sense of interaction between the audience and the performer. Mm -hmm. That, like, you know, they're both sort of like elevating the other, and in this version of Tyrone, which is about like this no good guy who's done Erica wrong, or the or at least the the female the in the protagonist. song, yeah. yeah, wrong. Um, 
there is clearly an audience full of women who have been in the <laughs> same exact position because when she starts telling this guy off, the women in the crowd are like so clearly just like in a hundred percent behind her. Yeah. They're on board. They are so on board. So, um, it's also just a great song. So yeah. anyway, um, this is Erica Badu's Tyrone from the 1997 album live. Deep cuts. Sisters, how y'all feel? Brothers, y'all all right? Okay. See how y'all groove today. You 
<laughs> that's great. Oh man! I mean, that's that's not a live show. That that's a conversation. That's totally a conversation that she's having with yeah. with the audience. Yeah. That sounds like a challenge. <laughs> Disqualified. Moving on. But it, it reminds you, like, charisma and storytelling, man. That is what a live show is all about. If you can tell a story, like, I know we played a Joe Jackson, you know, thing a few shows ago, and just hearing the Joe Jackson record again, which I went back to listen to and just reminded of how confident he was and how, yeah. and just hearing Erica, just, she is with this crowd. This, these are her people. They are there to see her. They've been thinking about this all week long, maybe all yeah. month long to be there. And it's just a communal spiritual experience, man. It's just beautiful. Yeah. They're speaking each other's language, the audience and this and the performer. It's pretty great. And I love, I also just as a side point, as a narrative, the fact that the song is named Tyrone, the guy who's bad in the song isn't Tyrone. Tyrone's ah. just his buddy who's like, I think that's pretty friggin' clever. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. I, I like that it's because this guy is almost like so shitty to her that he doesn't even deserve his name mentioned in the song. <laughs> it's his boy Tyrone that gets the name in the song. Right. <laughs> yeah, gotta call Tyrone. There's two chumps here. <laughs> well, let's do some further listening. So, uh, Billy Federico, where would you? What would you like to recommend? All righty, further listening. Well, I'll jump right in on the Joe Jackson tip, Tommy. Um, my favorite live record is actually the live 1980-86 record uh, that Joe Jackson put out, which includes uh, it's it's a double album. It's got the Beat Crazy tour, it's got the Night and Day tour, the Body and Soul tour, the Big World tour. Uh, it's fantastic. Three different versions of Issue Really going out with him, all of which are great. So uh, I'll recommend Joe Jackson. Nice, excellent. I will uh, pick uh, Lori Anderson. Lori Anderson is a, a spoken word artist who uh, essentially became a musician and created a very unique experience in her uh, home of the brave, which was a live sort of a, a live, I don't know, avant-garde performance. And it's just one of those records that really works as a live experience because you can tell someone put a lot of thought into something, built it in a really compelling way, brought a great band together to play it. It almost feels like a, a talking head side project in some respects in, in how it is assembled. Um, and it's just a great listen from beginning to end. It's the Home of the Brave album by Laurie Anderson would be my pick. Uh, Derek, where do you want to take us as far as a pick for the listening? Sure. I'd like to recommend a uh, Paul Weller live record called Live Wood from 94. That's a great record, yeah. It's a great record. It's essentially live versions of uh, songs from his 93 uh, record Wild Wood. I mean, you know, Paul Weller's just put out a string of really great solo records, you know, starting in like 1992. And Wildwood was definitely one of my favorites. It's got wonderful songs on it, like Sunflower, All the Pictures on the Wall. But in particular, the uh, version of Shadow of the Sun from Livewood is just so great. And he's in really amazing voices. His voice is so rich and soulful on this live record. It's great. It can't go wrong. Live Wood by Paul Weller. Excellent. Rich, what would be your recommendation for further listening live albums? I'd have to say uh, Joy Division Still. It was just rifling through my albums, and it's such a physically a beautiful album. That, you know, there's this cool card stock with embossed lettering in it. I, I just I like the artistic quality of it. But, you know, double album, unreleased cuts, and some live tracks from recorded at Birmingham University um, and I think the only live version 
of Ceremony, played by Joy Division, was recorded on that at that show. That's right. But yeah. um, just picked it up again for the for this assignment. <laughs> assignment. Right after I finished the Peterson report. Right. <laughs> just trying to get ahead. Still in the plastic and still looks pr- pretty good after all these years. So yeah, still nice. by Joy Division. Very nice, Chris. I'm gonna go with. Um, Portishead's Roseland, New York City Live nice. um, oh. from 1998. You know, for a band that is such a studio band, they sound terrific live as a sort of personal connection to the album. Um, Roseland was literally right next door to the office that I worked in uh, for Entertainment Weekly for 15 years. So would often go down to see shows after work, you know, including that Pantera show I was referring to earlier. Uh, but I've seen everyone there. I saw Bowie there. I mean, like, it's just a great, the place has such great memories for me. And this is one concert I really wish I was at because it's just a great live album. Uh, so I'd recommend that one. Nice. Excellent pick. All right. Social media. Billy, where can you find us? Oh, sure. Uh, check us out on Twitter, uh, on Patreon, on Facebook. Uh, search for Deep Cuts Lost and Found. Uh, we're on all platforms, so check us out. Leave a review. Leave a comment. Write to us. We will write back. I promise you. Excellent. And uh, for those of you who are interested in uh, bonus content, we are going to be doing another round on uh, Patreon, so we'll have a yes. few more songs to share with you. Um, we got a vote. Yeah, we got a vote, Holmes. Don't forget the vote. So the bonus round will begin with selection by the person yeah, who voted. Seriously. <laughs> who got the most votes. So, Tom, give us the recap of what was played, and then we will vote for our... Favorite deep cut. All right. I may need some help on this one, but uh, okay. Okay. it is uh, Billy started out with the police, actually Sting's solo performance Correct. of Message in a Bottle from the Secret Policeman's Ball. Mm-hmm. I followed up with Errol Garner, the great pianist. They can't take that away from me from his concert by the sea, 1955. I predict a landslide for Errol Garner. <laughs> I'll listen to you. <laughs> Coming up next was uh, Derek came in with Luna, 23 Minutes in Brussels, a nice little reference to the band Suicide as well in the story. Uh, Rich came in with the Pixies and the wonderfully short Crackety Jones from their Live from San Francisco album. Um, Chris came in with Echo and the Bunnymen, one of his favorite bands of all time, and I think that's the case for all of us. Do It Clean, 1983 is a live recording. Mm-hmm. Uh, Billy came in with Mr. DJ Shadow and uh, Lost and Found, a very compelling live assembly. Um, I played uh, Goran Bregovich and uh, a song called Bella Ciao from his Live in Rome 2016 album. Derek came in with Pavement, doing a live version of Summer Babe and boy what a nice way to close it out Erica Badu with Tyrone a live performance with uh, essentially uh, it's like going to church man that was a beautiful thing so that's the batch that we've had have I missed any shows any any songs in the batch no I think that was it you did it clean we did it clean you got it man so everybody type in their uh, selection clean. all right I'm ready to roll yeah. anyway, everyone else all right say when and we'll click return one two three hit it boom Ash, Ash. There's one vote for Tyrone, one vote for Do It Clean, one vote for Pavement, one vote for just Nash generally, because he's fantastic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I tend to have that effect on people. And then one vote for Errol, Errol Garner. Yeah. So uh, It looks like, Chris, you're the winner, actually, because you got two. I think you win because Rich just gave you carte blanche. Tyrone, okay. Yeah, so, so Tyrone wins. Yeah. 
I had little to do with it. It was really more more Erica Badu's work. Yeah, she did all the heavy lifting on she that one. Definitely, the, the audience did a lot of heavy lifting too. That's true. <laughs> and and that scamp Tyrone's friend, yeah. deserves a lot of credit too. <laughs> you mean uh, Jim, James, Paul, and Tyrone? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So the the bonus round will be led off by Mr. Chris Nashawadi, yes. and you can look forward to that. The victor on behalf of Bill Federico, uh, Derek Brain. Rich Air, Chris Nashawadi, myself, Thomas Golovich. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. This has been round 15 of Deep Cuts, Lost and Found. It's amazing. We've done 15 shows. This one all about live shows. We will be coming back to you with round 16. 1989 will be the year that we are tackling. We look forward to catching you then. Thanks. Peace, everybody. Peace.